0: This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be speaking with social media guru Jason Hunt. Adult site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website at AdultSiteBroker.com. We've added some enhancements to the site, such as FAQs and a complete new platform. The look and feel of the new site are nice and up to date. The new site also has links to our Marketplace and Affiliate program. Plus, don't forget ASB Marketplace, the first platform where you can buy and sell adult sites and domains for free. ASB Marketplace allows buyers and sellers the chance to come together on properties that are valued below our company's minimum of $50,000. Don't pay for other marketplaces when ASB Marketplace gives you this service for free. Visit ASBMarketplace.com and sign up as a seller or as a buyer today. And, of course, there's ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage where you can earn as much as 20% of our broker commission referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to introduce for sale a transgender tube site with over 120,000 unique visitors daily. The site is a custom-built tube. Videos are encoded at a very high quality. There are four grades of video. It will auto-adapt to the best quality based on the user's connection. Premium quality and downloads are only available to members who have a paid account. The site's script can take a lot of traffic, with the current server being at only a 5-10% load. There are over 30,000 videos. Retention rate is 85%. Only $274,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Jason Hunt of Merged Media. In fact, Jason was one of our first guests when we started the podcast. Jason, thanks for being with us again today on Adult Site Broker Talk.
1: I am super pumped to be back. Thanks for having me, Bruce. I'm super pumped to have
0: you. Now we'll tell everybody about your company. Merged Media is a full-service digital marketing agency. Their services include web design, SEO, SEM, and social media marketing. Jason is the founder of Fresh Crowd, which was a successful social media marketing company that merged into Merged Media a few years back, thus the name. Merged Media. Jason's team is located in Ontario, Canada. Jason is, of course, the social media arm of the company. He uses Facebook and Instagram advertising to grow your business. Their services range from social media management to Facebook and Instagram advertising. Their social media marketing services are strictly meant to help business owners like you, reach a wider audience, increase the traffic to your website, expand brand awareness, convert more leads to sales, improve customer satisfaction, and become a thought leader in your community. So Jason, how was that for a commercial?
1: You know, I need to bring you on tour with me, I think, Bruce. I was uh, very (laughs) impressed with that intro. Thank you for that. My pleasure. So let's talk about the
0: power of Facebook in 2021. How well is it
1: still working? Yeah, I love that question. Um, it's a good question. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't know to ask that question because, you know, they don't they're not they don't really know that how much Facebook actually changes and it, it changes. It seems like every couple months uh, there's some sort of a change whether it's a new ad placement, whether it's, you know, new restrictions or policies that have been added in and or a new account manager with Facebook. Things are just always changing on the platform. But in 2021 is it still working absolutely i mean look at it like even people are spending tons of thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars on billboards on next to freeways because they want that attention they want the traffic Mm -hmm. that's going by that billboard and facebook is the highway that has all the traffic so um so people are people are definitely still taking advantage of it but you just need to be smart with the way you're using the platform um you need to. You can't be hitting the boost button. You need to start optimizing for certain actions you actually want your users to take. Whether it's traffic to your website, whether it's putting in their information on a Facebook lead form, or whether it's engaging or watching video content, whatever it is, whatever you tell Facebook to do, they'll do it. So uh, you know the power of Facebook in 2021. Well, we're doing a lot more nurturing um, prior to asking on Facebook, more so than we ever have. You know, we used to run a lot of, you know, aggressive ads towards cold audiences. They're Mm -hmm. not as effective as they used to be and you really do need to get them in your ecosystem by using some sort of a value proposition.
0: Interesting. So I shouldn't just hit the boost button. Don't
1: ever hit that boost button. I know it's tempting, Bruce. Okay. I know you're a button smasher. You like to oh, buttons, man. I got to tell you, I love buttons. Button. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hit the boost button, though. No. You're, 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 what you're doing, anybody who presses that boost button and says, hey, I'll throw $10 a day and hit this button and, and, and play. Um, Facebook will take your money if you give it to them. Oh, and yeah. That's easy. It's the easy way to give Facebook money. It's putting <laughs> Facebook in Facebook slot machine, you know? But what you're doing is you're telling Facebook to go and get your ads in front of people put your ads in front of people that have a tendency to scroll through content because like going back to what I just said a second ago, you're telling Facebook to put your ads in front of people that take a certain action. So if you hit boost, you're optimizing for awareness. So what's happening here is Facebook is being like, okay, well, let's see here. Bruce wants to put his ad in front of anybody that's 18 plus living in the U.S. Cool. And here here goes your ad. They'll just throw your ad out there. But what they're going to do is they're going to find all those people that are not being targeted by those savvy marketers that are Hmm. looking for the people that are clicking on content and becoming leads and buying stuff and all that stuff. You're optimizing for the people that just Hmm. fire through content all day long. So that's who you're going to get. Garbage. Get what you pay for. Garbage traffic. Exactly. So that's what happens when you boost. That was kind of a long-winded explanation of boost, but I think it's important.
0: It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. We can be long-winded on this podcast. We don't have a time limit, Jason. We can talk we can talk about Facebook and social media for 3 hours if you want, and it's it's perfectly okay. If you're if you, still, okay if you still have if you still have a voice, person. it's okay. Really?
1: <laughs> exactly. And plus it's going to be way past my bedtime, but that's okay. That's true. That's
0: <laughs> true. As we record this late in Jason's evening after the kids have gone to bed.
1: It's um, okay, I'm a, I'm a night person. I, I actually prefer to work at night to be completely honest so there you go
0: now i I used to be when i was younger now how would someone lower their ad costs on facebook i guess not by hitting the boost button
1: (laughs) yeah you want to definitely avoid that i mean lower costs uh it's very easy to generate low cost and and one of the ways to do that is is by open targeting what that means is is you know, people like to take advantage of all the interests. Like I want to target, for example, small business owners or people that like this person or this athlete or this public figure or this model. Um, you can do that. That's great. But think about all the people on Facebook, especially since Cambridge Analytica happened, that decided not to give any information to Facebook. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that are in your target audience that you don't know how to get in touch with them. But those people might have the same tendencies as your customers, as your ideal clients. Hmm. Facebook knows whether those people have a tendency to click on content and purchase online not everybody does that Facebook knows if you have uh, if your audience you know uh, spends a certain amount of time watching a type of video mm-hmm. you know Facebook knows that they might not label you know Turks and Caicos as an interest on their Facebook page but maybe they watch a ton of videos from Turks and Caicos well there you go Facebook knows this person likes Turks and Caicos
0: right-hmm
1: So um, I think to lower your ad cost, what you need to do is just try to target as big an audience as possible, especially if you're targeting a cold audience. Okay. Is it better to target a cold audience or a warm audience? Oh, well, you always want to get to a warm audience. That's mm-hmm. definitely what you want to do. But initially, when you're starting out, especially testing, you want to have it as big of an audience as possible. Now, mm-hmm. what happens here is once Facebook get, understands the audience that you're after, they'll get your ads in front of people that look like your customers more frequently. Usually after the learning phase, which is about a week long. Mm-hmm. But to go back to your question, retargeting is so important because you want to increase that ad frequency. Mm-hmm. Usually the first time somebody sees one of your ads, they're probably just going to they're gonna blow right past it not. nothing think mm-hmm. twice about it, but it's continually getting in front of them, increasing the ad frequency to about four or five or six, mm-hmm. meaning that person's seen your ad about four or five or six times. And uh, then it becomes familiar. And that's mm-hmm. when it gets really fun because uh, now you can get certain types of ads in front of those people that are familiar with your brand, yeah. such as, you know, addressing objections. Why wouldn't somebody purchase your product? Why wouldn't somebody trust Bruce to sell their adult website? Well, let's address that with a testimonial ad to mm-hmm. a retargeting audience. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, as you know, I spent <laughs> forever in radio and the one thing you learn right away in radio is it is all
1: about frequency. It, it, and it's, it's really the same with all advertising, right? I, I, I like, I like thinking of it this way, you know, it's like even people and, and you know, we go to a lot of the same trade shows and yep. events and, you know, people that go to these events that spend a lot of cash to get some banner space which is awesome um, <laughs> but you need to complement those efforts because if yeah. you're spending so much money on a banner at an event or at a meat market then why aren't you using Facebook ads to target those people at that physical location yeah. you know you don't have to spend a lot on that Facebook ad you can spend 50 bucks and target a physical location right. at the same place where they're going to be seeing your banners all over the place that's increasing the ad frequency that we're talking about same mm-hmm. with the radio right mm-hmm. if somebody that does radio if you're targeting a certain town or city or area well you better be running some facebook ads to that same area right. to just increase that ad frequency.
0: Yeah, and you have you have clients, I think quite a few clients who do trade shows, so they buy off on that concept.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, even working with events themselves, you know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. you know, targeting people that are at the physical event, you know, if you want to get a certain message in front of them. There's so you can get so creative with it if you're an event, you know, partner. And this is one thing just going back to the very first question about the power of Facebook in 2021, using some of the connections that you have, you know, in, in kind of your network or your community to mm-hmm. piggyback off of each other. You know, like, like a great example of this is, is we work with a magazine. It's a real estate magazine. Um, But now we're using that platform, which has, uh, I believe has like 43,000 followers. And we're using that platform to have like people that want to get in front of real estate brokers are using Mm -hmm. their platform, their branding and advertising their products under that brand. It's, it, it just gives additional credibility to the actual product itself. Instead of a product selling their product on their own page. Right. The product selling their product on a high authority page. Sure, much like sure. an influencer. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, how can an adult business
1: best use Facebook today? Okay, so the best way to do it, and uh, and seeing this done successfully, is the use of a lead magnet that is not in any way, shape, or form related to adult. Facebook's getting savvier by the day at, at sniffing out a lot of the uh, users that go against policy, yep. there are black hat marketers out there. Um, you can talk to them. It's not really my my lane. i'm I'm a white hat guy. Mm-hmm. but uh, for me, if 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 to working working with adult businesses, it's hey, let's use Facebook as a platform to get that information we need from them, right? Use Facebook to get them off of Facebook. Use Facebook to get that name, email, phone number in some cases mm-hmm. or, you know, any other additional questions you might have and get them over to email and have a very solid nurture sequence. Because in emails where you're going to sell them, you're not going to sell them on Facebook. So let's mm-hmm. take, you know, let's take, for example, um Let's take adult site broker. I think it's a great example. You mm-hmm. want to target people that uh, you're a little easier than a typical adult site because yeah. Facebook doesn't frown on you like it would a lot of other ones. So let's talk about, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about dating, mm-hmm. okay? So in the case of dating, you know, dating is very difficult to advertise on Facebook. Yep. So why not create a piece of content? We can call it a lead magnet, a white paper, downloadable PDF about the top five places to take your dream date you know something like that yeah. top 5 places to impress your dream date right that's yeah. a great little lead magnet for a guy that's single that's trying to get get out there and start to start to mingle right so why yeah. not you know something like that people would be more than willing to submit their name and email in exchange for this downloadable pdf or lead magnet which could even exist on somebody's blog that's the thing if you're like where am i going to get this content go look at your blog you probably have some great content on there that you can churn into a white paper that is just enticing enough for people to provide their contact information to receive it in return so um so going down that that avenue so now that person submits their name and email in exchange for that you know top five ways to impress your dream date, lead magnet. And now you have this sequence of emails that are following that up. You have now filtered this person off of Facebook to be one of your ideal sweet spot clients. Now it's on you to just nurture them to getting them to sign up to your program. It's just using it in that type of a way where you're just not so direct with the sale. Mm -hmm.
0: Isn't it, don't you find it difficult though in your business to get adult companies to even consider
1: Facebook? 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, that, it is tricky. And, and it's funny because, you know, I get that question every single time I go and speak at TES or Internext, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I always get that question. And it's uh, the thing is, you just kind of got to, you know, Understand that it's not you're not going to get that ROI right away. It's it's not going to happen. Yeah, ha- and you do have to deploy patience. It's not like hey, let's just try a three day test, like you might say to a website to try their traffic. It's not like that, um, because of the abilities that we have to target and retarget. Um, you have to give it some time. So that first month, you know, we're deploying a lot of different types of creative, a lot of different cal- uh, types of copy, headlines. We're testing everything against different audiences to find the winning combination, and sure. then once we find the winning combination then we're doubling down on what works. And th- that is kind of, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm losing my train of thought here, but uh, where are okay. we going with that?
0: Mine we're goes just, off the track many times a day. Yeah. No, I mean, do you have, yeah. do you have trouble convincing?
1: Yeah. And
0: I'm older than you. Do you have trouble yeah. convincing adult companies to even try Facebook?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's just it's just having that patience. So we've worked with quite a bit of adult, and it's uh, it's just having the patience with it. You know, almost giving it, you got to give it ninety days in terms of convincing. It does get tricky because mm-hmm. um, Facebook's just that thing. It's a it's a huge audience, but people are not really taking advantage of it because they don't necessarily know the right strategies to take to get that audience to convert. Because there are other places out there that you know have that you might be able to get a an easier conversion. Yeah. Um, but this one here is just more about building the brand. Any sort of company out there, if you're an adult company, um, use Facebook to build a brand. Get people familiar with your brand and then use the opportunity to sell them over email, not on Facebook.
0: Okay. Now, how are you using Facebook with SEO? I know you guys, uh, you know, obviously have an SEO department, which I'm, I'm utilizing. How do you put the two together?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, that was one of the big reasons why I merged my company in the first place was to merge it with an SEO company so we can take advantage of, of some of that direct traffic that's hitting the site, the high intent stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know that's if you're getting a lot of traffic from SEO, um, that's high intent. That's for for whatever. Let's say adult site broker. You know, Mm -hmm. let's say you know you're getting a lot of people looking to sell websites. Well. We want to make sure we have a Facebook pixel installed in your site so we can get the right message in front of those people, that hot audience that's seeking out your services, hmm. right? And, and right. it's going to be a very specific message that we're going to hit them with a Facebook ad. It's, again, increasing the ad frequency. If somebody goes and searches for how to sell an adult website, they might click on a few sites. But if they click on adult site broker and then, you know, five minutes later when they're on Instagram, they see a swipe up ad for like, Hey, did you know you know did you know have, have you met Bruce? Do you know Bruce? Bruce has all these contacts. He has a massive Rolodex. He can sell your adult site in no time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something that's just gonna like get them back over to your website. That's hmm. the key, right? You wanna get them back over there and stay top of mind. And that's that that, that it just helps complement that that SEO, high intent SEO traffic, right?
0: Hmm. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, is blogging because we haven't done the two together. Is blogging still important in 2021, and why?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, we we have a pretty um, hefty blogging, or I guess you could say, copywriting department at merged, um, and it, it's it's super huge. We use certain uh, there's certain tools that we use to make sure that uh, you know we're ranking amongst the competitors. I, I definitely think it is still important in terms of, and I've had this conversation with uh, some industry people as well. It's like. Should I use my, you know, my blog as an opportunity to make it really like SEO out, I guess you could say, you know, like, like, mm-hmm. like hard SEO using these tools like Surfer SEO to make sure that you're ranking? Um, or do I just continue to create this blog that's very lifestyle oriented talking about my life? Because it is two different types of writing mm-hmm. Um, now. On that side of it, I don't know if that's the best route to take is continuing to write that personal blog. If I would be suggesting vlogging because people have the tendency to watch videos more often sure. than not. We're on the SEO side. You know, if we're doing blogging for SEO, it's like it's very high intent searches. So I, I still think it serves a purpose on the SEO side. Mm-hmm. But on the other flip side of it, I just don't know if people have the attention anymore to be digesting or consuming, uh, you know, personal blog content. I, hmm. I just think vlogs is, is the way to go. I could be wrong with that. But just from what I see, you see a lot more traction with vlogging and on social media, obviously, than, than you do in, in just writing a personal piece on a blog.
0: Okay. Well, what about, what about blogging when it isn't connected to social media?
1: Yeah. So if you mean just uh, like
0: on the website, you mean? Yeah, just as an, as, an, as an SEO tool.
1: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That's that's where we're we're always utilizing that with every single client that signs up. We, we want to make sure we have a, a you know a, a blog content that's going out there on a consistent consistent basis and, and you know obviously because things are always changing in search. We just had a a, a Google update happen there a couple months back. So oh, love um that. You know, <laughs> yeah lovely right so just you got to stay on top of that and pumping up blog content on a consistent basis is, is always important because your keywords and the volume of keywords that are being searched is always changing as well right yeah sure
0: now this is kind of a loaded question but i'll ask it in any way uh should a business hire someone internally or outsource their digital marketing and why
1: yeah so you know it's it's a good question because it really depends on where where business is at right like in a lot of cases sometimes it's good if you're a massive business having you know you have a massive budget to spend each month on on seo SEM, and social um sometimes it's good to have a point person internally that is kind of navigating those waters you know Mm -hmm. communicating with that team because um you know this is kind of why you know my business did create the one-stop digital shop is because we have all of those individual areas in house so business owners right. don't need to deal with somebody for their Google ads a different person for their SEO a different person for social another for their website it just makes life so much easier for our clients sure. um but there are benefits to hiring that internal person at a bigger company because that point person will be the liaison for all of those other departments and one person cannot 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 have the the skill set required for all of those different departments there's technical there's creative there's analytical it's just it's tough for one person to encompass all of those skill sets and that's why you kind of need a team to do it for you so i would say i would say hiring a hybrid of the two or if you don't have the uh the funds to hire somebody in, internally then hire that one stop shop that can take care of for take care of all of it for you in house
0: and i i think that When you say that, I think it's really important to point one thing out because I have experienced it with our marketing company. I talk to people and they go, oh, we have marketing in-house. And what you come to find out is they've got a recent college graduate um, Mm. handling their marketing, and in your case, handling their social media. So maybe you should talk about uh, guarding against having someone who maybe isn't (laughs) an expert. (laughs)
1: Well, you know what, that's your brand and, and you know, you, do yeah. you want to have somebody just test with your brand and test with your money or do you want to hire somebody that's experienced, right? And, and I think exactly. a big benefit of, of hiring, outsourcing it is, um, you know, you can really get an entire team yep. at the fraction of the cost of hiring somebody, um, you know, internal. Um, and I think that's, uh, I think that's very important. I think because you got to factor in your ad spend. That ad right. spend is not in, not included in that employee's salary. You know, mm-hmm. so you got to factor that in as well, and I think that is kind of a sweet spot for us is is those businesses out there that that do have that realization that they they there isn't a a better solution out there that has um, a better skill set at a cheaper price.
0: But you, I mean, you guys work with some larger companies too, right?
1: 100% and those companies and that's where I, I mentioned the hybrid it actually works mm-hmm. really well if we're working with a marketing director at a company directly mm-hmm. with them because yep. it takes away that element of having to educate them as well which happens a lot with business owners um, you know I tell that to business owners it's like hey you focus on your one thing and we'll focus on our one thing and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and then we'll talk at, at, the, at the results at the end of the month you know what I mean that's kind of that, that that's kind of the situation that we want but with a marketing director when we're working directly with a marketing director we don't need to have any there's no education involved it's always the numbers it's all about getting to you know point b as quickly as possible
0: you hope so you hope so you hope so just like just like people shouldn't be selling their own websites um now (laughs) (laughs) shameless (laughs) plug number one Uh Uh now uh how is merged media building its brand in 2021
1: yeah. So, so back to the narrative of, of building brand, I think it's important. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm the brand ambassador for us and, and I'm fortunate to have an awesome team behind me. That's a lot better doing those mm-hmm. jobs than I am. And, uh, one of the biggest things that we did when the pandemic hit is we started a podcast and, uh, we're creeping up to episode 100 which is going to be Congratulations.
0: that's great thanks
1: and and, and you and and I think this is uh it's good cuz this is episode 65
0: is it um well Except for the Adelside by the time, time this runs uh it'll probably be 75 or 78 wow. or so okay, but um <laughs> but this week the week we're taping this it's going to be 66 yeah
1: yeah okay so I think um and and this is the important thing and 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 well congrats to you as well because it's not that easy to get to 65 episodes and (laughs) you know this and I I think that's it's a big it's a big challenge um being consistent and and we talked briefly about this before we went live here and that's like you know I've had a couple times where it's been like the like we go live every Tuesday and Mm -hmm. on the Friday prior we still didn't have an episode lined up for the Tuesday so I'd be sitting there I'd be sitting there for an hour just just DMing people on Instagram, just trying to get a podcast guest jumping in.
0: You didn't, call me. In before you didn't call me. You know, you, my, oh. now my feelings are really hurt.
1: You're on the speed <laughs> dial, Bruce. Okay. I think you're like number 12 and I got to number and nine geez. and locked somebody oh, in. All okay. right. Okay. So, okay. so you're on okay. the list, but I, f- I feel um, better kind of. <laughs> yeah. We just need a topic and we can't talk about the 49ers and we're not going to talk about the giants. Okay. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> so, so, well, yeah, so what I was, what I was getting to there with that was that you have to be consistent with the podcast, and and this is one of the ways we're building our brand in 2021 is being consistent with the podcast. But that podcast, okay. when we do it, no intention is to sell. It's not about selling at all. It's a like I had a girl on last week talking about the power of the moon and how people can use the power of the moon to better their business. Okay. <laughs> so, no there's not. has nothing to do with there's no business there for me, but what it might do is provide some value to my audience. And that's what I'm leading with with that. Um because the a lot of the conversation of the
0: moon. I think the Forty Niners and Giants would be a better topic, but maybe there, I'm slightly yeah. prejudiced. <laughs>
1: Fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, but uh it's it's how it was using the power of the moon to um it was geared towards entrepreneurs to better your business. She's a realtor and she uses the power of the moon to sell houses. Okay. It's crazy. Like okay. it, she'll she'll have conversations. She'll say, "Oh, the, the merge in the third quarter right now. Let's not sell this house yet. Let's just wait till it's full and then we'll put it on the market." And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll do really well. Mm-hmm. And anyway, go listen to that podcast uh, episode on the Merge Marketing Podcast. Shameless plug for myself. There you go. Um. Yeah. But, uh, but with the podcast, uh, I think it's one of the best things that we've done just by bringing that top of top of yes. funnel awareness. Yes. Um, it's been really good because there's not, it's rare that I have a conversation now with a, somebody that signs up as a client that did not at some point listen to the podcast and have something to say about it. So hey, you were
0: cool. one of, you were one of my main influences to do this. I remember I had you and a couple of other people telling me I should do a podcast and I think you kind of pushed it over the edge. You said do a podcast, and I said okay, damn it, I'm going to do a podcast. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been it's been completely awesome.
1: Yeah, and it's you know what it's it's probably one of the funnest things I do. Oh, absolutely. I, I love well, it. And
0: I'm a, radio, I'm a former radio guy. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of, you never
1: get that out of your blood. So, so is podcasting for everyone? I, you know, I, I do think there is a place if you can carve out a certain niche, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, I think it's very, you know, the point of entry is very easy. Um, yeah. you know, we, we're just having a simple conversation here on Skype. <laughs> right. Right? And, right and it's being recorded um, for ours it's it's really like I'm using a platform called StreamYard um, so I capture the video content yep. so what happens is we're going live on Facebook and then I'm sending that over to my team who's cutting it up and grabbing little short 30 second clips so we can put those clips on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn they're going everywhere and, um, and then from there we have the actual audio which goes live whenever we launch it on we launch on Tuesdays um, and then uh, and then from there, it's just like basically following up and, and, uh, and it's we're creating blog content off of those podcast episodes as well. So there's a lot happening behind the scenes for it. And I think that's the key. If you have that infrastructure set up or you have a team around you that can take care of a lot of those tasks and there's tons of companies out there that can help you actually you know, automate a lot of that stuff, um, then it makes it easy. You just have to show up and have conversations relevant to the audience that you're trying to target. That's important. Like, mm. Don't make it for everybody. Make it for a very specific audience because, yes. um, you know, the closer you can marry that with your audience, and, and Adult Site Broker Talk is a great example of that, mm-hmm. right? Is so is, sure. is you can see better results and you get better retention, and people will subscribe because they're going to get consistent content week in, week out. That's true.
0: Yeah. And we have some great guests like you um so what are some best practices for marketing a podcast
1: yeah i think definitely using social media is a great way to do it like i just said getting getting some clips cut up if you can do a video it's uh it's a bonus if mm-hmm. not there's platforms out there like headliner uh if you just have audio basically you can throw in audio and they do like those little radio waves and stuff like that mm-hmm. you can do some mm-hmm. do some funky video stuff with just the audio um mm-hmm. but you know doing that is important and and like i said carving out that audience using facebook ads is a great way to do it i'm um, we're spending we're spending just about 30 40 bucks a day to drive listens to our podcast yeah. and uh, one of the things we're doing so for example we had a podcast episode with a sales automation guy right. so all the clips from that episode i'm targeting a very open audience in north america of people that are salespeople. um so much like we talked about earlier having an open audience it's pretty open i'm targeting anybody with any sort of affiliation with sales throughout north america millions and millions of people That's a lot. and uh yeah, but it's getting the right content in front of the right person. There's another one, like, for example, the moon episode. I am not going to target that same audience. I'm not going to target salespeople. Um, she specifically focuses on female entrepreneurs. So I'm going to target that episode strictly geared towards female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's the point, is that every episode, you try to carve out a niche and try to target that uh, that niche with that episode, and you'll, you'll find yourself getting listens. Sure.
0: Now, uh, you have in the past, uh, pre-pandemic, and I got to talk about that in every episode, it gets old. Um, you have certainly been a regular at many conferences. Uh, are you planning on going to any this year?
1: Um, I, I would love to, I would, I'd love to, would wouldn't, love to wouldn't we all already? This year. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm dying to, to get out to, to Prague. I'd like mm-hmm. to go to Prague. Um, unfortunately I just got to wait for the regulations here in Canada. Just, uh, I, I think they're easing up, but I just want to keep a close tally on that. So that'll be kind of a last minute. And then, uh, you know, there's a, um, affiliate grand slam happening in Malta in mm-hmm. December and, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, affiliate summit. So there's a lot that I definitely want to check out. And, um, obviously the virtual way is the, the way that a lot of conferences are happening now. I actually had a conversation today with somebody from burning man who Mm. burning man is, you've heard of the burning man festival. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Burning Man's going virtual now, which is kind of interesting because if you go to the website, yeah. it's, it's quite interesting. They're trying to create the exact experience of, in the middle of the desert online, which is very interesting. But they have a stage um, geared towards like, you know, um, they have a, a self-help stage and they have a stage geared towards, you know, well-being, wellness, uh, anti-aging, all this stuff. And and somehow they're putting me on there to, to speak about… Um, uh, you know, the gift of giving hmm. and, uh, and giving away freebies. So I'm going to be talking a bit about that, which is interesting, which is the approach that everybody um, should be doing on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> right? That we're right. talking about here and then sure. you know, just taking it off of Facebook and it kind of applies to any sort of marketing, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So what are your thoughts about these virtual and hybrid conferences that have emerged last year and this year? Do you think they're here to stay?
1: Yeah, I think naturally, uh, I think there is a large amount of people that have seen um how easy they can now network how networking virtually has become a norm that uh, maybe looked at traveling as kind of a hassle in the past and it was stressful and and i think a lot of people would have had an epiphany and been like you know what i'm never traveling again i'm gonna hang out here and just uh watch my have my zoom calls and go to virtual (laughs) conferences so i think a lot of people may have went that way but you're never going to replay replace you know going up for dinners and the handshakes and the hugs and, and that's never going to be replaced. So um, I definitely think there's going to be a place for uh, obviously live events there. I think there's going to be an e- extra emphasis on how intimate they are. And I think people will appreciate, you know, having face to face communication. And um, naturally, those ones that are not conforming back to live events are, are going to be missing out on, on opportunities as well. But I definitely think there is a place for hybrid. I think, you know, I think, uh, well, TES just did a hybrid uh, in Marbella. Um, yeah. a couple months ago where they actually had, they're streaming those, uh, those talks live online right. at their right. virtual conference umbrella, the right. platform umbrella. And, um, and then they actually had the physical conference. So, yeah. um, I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Um, but then again, I think, I think a lot of event event uh, promoters might, might worry that that hybrid, uh, the virtual side of it will take away an audience. So they might oh, just yeah. stick to the live. I think
0: based upon uh, their experiences with uh, the hybrid show I don't think you can expect to see another hybrid from TES.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's the thing. not too many people obviously I mean you can't just blame the, the 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 virtual side of it for 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 that but I think just covid itself is just like <laughs> deterred a lot of people from wanting to travel
0: just yeah. yet,
1: right? So and, and yeah. What's so. been
0: what's been the impact on your business uh, with COVID,
1: by the way? I would
0: think it's helped it.
1: Um, originally, when it first hit, we were p- hit pretty hard. We had, because we mm-hmm. work with a lot of restaurants, a lot of dental, oh, travel right, businesses. Right. I, f- I uh, forgot about the businesses. local aspect. Yeah, so a lot of local businesses were hit really hard. Um, even travel, like, you know, I was doing a lot with a uh, massive travel company um, mm-hmm. that works with like 3,000 travel agents. And for them, it, it was just like, business, just marketing budget stops. business stopped, everything stopped. There's nothing you can do. Like you can't even have a conversation with them and pivot out of that. It's just really tough to pivot out of that. Like, what do you do? Can't do affiliate. (laughs) We're closed. (laughs) We're (laughs) We're closed. What can you do about we're closed? (laughs) No. So it's just, it's really tough. So, um, but naturally being in digital marketing, you know, we're fortunate enough to be in an industry that we, where we can be nimble and we pivoted to, um, home renovations, landscaping. We actually are part owners of a landscape company. We're part owners of a real estate magazine. So we just, uh, we kind of went with the flow and uh, did a lot of stuff that, in those industries that were thriving. People were not spending their money on cruises. They were spending their money on staycations in their backyard. Mm. So, uh, you know, getting decks done, getting uh, the kitchen countertops done. So um, those businesses were thriving and and they they needed leads. So um, that's where we were able to help out specifically with the landscape company which just went bonkers when COVID hit, and um, and these guys are getting hundreds of calls a day. From a lot of it's for, it goes to the SEO that we've been doing for them. So um, fortunately, when we're ranking in the top three, and all three of those listings come right back to us, it's um, you're going to get a lot of leads that way.
0: <laughs> and things are recovering nicely now. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, things are well. Things are now. Now it's crazy because <laughs> now as we. C- out of the pandemic. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, there's no fourth, uh, and there's not lockdown with the fourth wave, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's getting busy. People are, it's almost like people are kind of panicking now because they see their competition spending and they're like, Oh shit, got to get my ass in gear and start spending some money. So, uh, people are getting very anxious to start spending and start getting, uh, business again.
0: Well, Hey Jason, like to thank you for being our guest again today on Adult Side broker talk, and I'm sure we'll have a chance to do
1: this again soon. Yeah, anytime, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Okay, how about tomorrow? Mm, okay.
0: My broker tip today is part five of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. When you decide to sell your website, make sure you have the following information available for potential buyers. Detailed information about your company, your website, and any other aspect of your operation that potential buyers may want to find out about. This should include, for a pay site, a detailed inventory of your content, number of images and number of videos, how much of it is exclusive and how much is non-exclusive, financial information for at least the last three years if your company is that old. This should include sales reports, profit and loss statements, and billing reports. Get all the information organized in a legible format that a good broker can use to sell your property. If you decide to sell it yourself, organize a list of potential buyers and start the process of contacting them. Be realistic about what your company is worth. In today's market, the kiss of death is overpricing your property. Is there anything that a potential buyer needs to know, such as, are you being sued? Do you have any substantial debts, etc.? Don't let these things be a surprise to the potential buyer. They'll either find out before the sale and not buy, or they'll find out after the sale and you'll have another lawsuit on your hands. Disclose everything. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Zach Osborne of Exclusive.Life. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Jason Hunt. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.